What's the hold up? Do you need me to spell it out for you? It's G E I C O.com. That's where you save money. Geico.com. Now you can get even more from the Kurt Angle show over at adfreeshows.com. Oh, it's true. Enjoy the entire Kurt Angle show library with no ads. Plus catch brand new episodes each week before anyone else does starting at just nine bucks. That definitely doesn't suck. What else doesn't suck? Interactive experiences that you can take part in with me. You get to jump on and ask me questions during our gold medal Q&A events. And if you joined us for Top Guy Weekend, we got to hang out together in Chicago. Adfree Shows also has tons of bonus episodes, including my recent top 10 dream opponents list and watching back the night I kissed Stephanie McMahon. It is truly the gold standard in wrestling content. Get the Kurt Angle Show and all of Conrad's podcasts early, ad-free, and on video for as low as $9 a month. That's just 30 cents an episode. Head over to adfreeshows.com right now to sign up. Hey, y'all, it's Rebel with AEW. And when I'm not with the doctor helping her dominate the women's division, you can find me on adfreeshows.com every other Sunday, hosting my personal happy hour, Rebel's Happy Hour. And I would love for you to join me. It's an hour long of drinking, laughing, a little Q&A, maybe some guest surprises, and just chatting about whatever's on your mind. I promise it's a good time. And yes, it is all face-to-face. So do it now. Do it today. Sign up at adfreeshows.com and become a top guy. And tell them Rebel sent you. Mwah. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Christmas is finally behind us, but are you dreading those credit card bills headed your way? Well, here's a pro tip. Don't get stuck making minimum payments in the new year. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of your credit card debt just like that. Oh, and we're going to get you the best deal on a mortgage you've ever had. But how's this for starters? No payments until March. You don't need money out of your pocket or perfect credit. So find out how much money you can save for free right now at savewithconrad.com. Will he want to go? We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we have another special guest and someone who's broken down barriers and opened forbidden doors. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing fantastic. And my goodness, the string of guests just keep coming. And I am really excited about who we have with us today. Yes, we have Mickey James. That's right. We're joined here by Mickey James. How are you doing, Mickey? I'm so good. I started to sing my song when I first came in. I don't know if you guys recorded <laughs> Hard, that. Hardcore later. cowboy. Hardcore cowboy. Drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, you got an incredible pop. That was amazing. Thanks, Kurt. You were there. I know. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, there would probably be no hardcore country if there was, wasn't a Kurt Angle. Mm. (laughs) 
Really? Why? Well, I, you know, we go back to when I first came to Impact, well, TNA at the time, and I wasn't going to come and I didn't remember like Dixie had you call me. Oh, that's right. Yes. I called you. That's right. Multiple times to talk me into coming to Impact Wrestling at the time. And it was your, it was your. It was my doing. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) That's awesome. I feel good about myself, Nikki. Yes. Yes. I did something right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, we're going to start with questions. You had an amazing journey in this business from starting in the Indies to reaching the pinnacle. Did you ever imagine you accomplished all that you have? Um, yes, yes. And no, that's a, and, and I, I'm sure that you can relate to this, Kurt, because if you can't envision yourself there, if you can't visualize it, if you can't see it in your eye, then you can't reach it. And you have, that's a form of training for me that I have to see it. I have to envision it. I have to try to see it. So I've had to visualize myself there to dream of it being possible for me to be there. Um, I don't know if that's a thing that you did for when you've gone after visualization. Gold yeah. I did yeah, quite no. a bit for the Olympics for pro wrestling. Yes, I did. I it's imagine myself powerful. being in that spot and that's where I ended up. Right. You have to see it. You have to see it. Cause your mind is a powerful, powerful tool, right? Like it's, that's where the hardest I think work is done is to train your mind to not doubt yourself because it's the first things that start to seep in or the doubts. Right. Sure, yeah. um, so it's yes, but yeah. But no, in the sense of like, because I was, there was a lot of people telling me it would never happen, you know? So then those people's opinions would start to filter in and you would start to self-doubt yourself, you know, and you'd have to go back to like, no, 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 no. So yes. You're talking about the haters? All the haters. (laughs) They love to hate. (laughs) Well, Mickey, listen. Those are what we use for our fuel is the haters. It's like, I've, I have always said though, it's like, I, it's really hard for people who can't see um, what their their own capabilities. So who who can't get past that that self doubt and that self um, preservation in that sense to see that possibility for other people. So it's easier for them to discredit people and bring them down to their level because they can't see themselves achieving their own dreams than it is for them to lift them up and also try to go after their own goals in the meantime. You know. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the biggest thing with the haters. And that's why I feel bad for them, Kurt. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, well, listen, Mickey, we're going to actually, Kurt and I are going to walk you through kind of the history of Mickey James. Take you take you on the journey of your career as we go through the questions. So we're going to start all the way back in 2005. And in my re- research, I came across something that I had no idea about. And that is that you wrestled Bobby Lashley in an OVW TV title tournament in 2005. How exciting is it to see how both of your careers have taken off since those early days? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I felt, I feel like I first met Bobby in OVW and he came in and he was just impressive right off the bat. Right. Like he was just, yeah, that's where I wrestled him was in OVW Kurt. Um, And obviously there was a lot that happened prior to that, like, you know, making it into developmental. Um, But yeah, that was wild. But you look at what Bobby's doing now and you look at, uh, you know, my career now. And there were several moments like that where they've kind of and you look and see all the things we've done since then. And it's pretty remarkable, you know. But yeah, he kicked my butt. He he fought me like a man. Who won? (laughs) I mean, he won. He won, clearly. I should have won, though. Let's face it. 
You deserved it, Mickey. I should have. I should have rolled him up quick. <laughs> hey, what was your was your goal to eventually be in the WWE when you first started in the business? Yes. I think because that was, I mean, that's not the wrestling that I grew up on. Um, obviously, because I grew up in Virginia and it was a lot of like Georgia championship wrestling and nice. NWA and that kind of mid-Atlantic area. Um, however, uh, I think after I felt fallen out and then I come back to fall in love with wrestling during the attitude era when it was cool to be a wrestling fan again. And I remembered all the reasons why I loved the wrestlers that I loved as a child and why that was such a, you know, real passion for me. Um, it was WWF and I saw the women's championship as a, like, that's the thing that I would envision. I want to be women's champion. I want to be WWE women's champion. Um, and there was, it was the only title for a woman to hold, to be seen as an equal to a man, as far as in a championship, you know, kind of capacity. So you mentioned Georgia championship wrestling, mid Atlantic. I'm going off script here, Kirk, because she mentioned some of my favorite wrestling, Jim Crockett promotions. I mean, so you were a horseman fan watching the nature boy and all those years, a huge horseman fan. My dad was, so my dad was the wrestling fan. And so was my grandfather. So when I would go to see my dad on the weekends or every other weekend, this was the common thing that my sisters and I, we would all watch with my dad or watch with grandpa and they loved wrestling but it was very old school kind of of that that style of wrestling and um and yelling at the tv just as grandparents do but then all the things and so that is that was my first memories of watching wrestling and the kind of the characters that i fell in love with but it was also a different style of wrestling in the sense that there was the promos down the lens and i felt like they were talking to me directly and i was very intimidated but also you know i want i really wanted the baby face to kick the you know the the bad guys, but, but I also loved the bad guys. I was a big fan of the bad guys and reality. That's because you're a heel at heart. Don't tell everybody though. They all think of a baby face. (laughs) Afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash angle. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It really is so convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors. If needed, it's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they've even got financial aid available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. By the way, licensed professional counselors are also there who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and even self-esteem. 
Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And we recommend you check out their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com. And by the way, BetterHelp has been such a sensation and so helpful across all of America that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash angle. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash angle. That's betterhelp.com slash angle. That's betterhelp.com slash angle. And we thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. Do you own your home? Go to geico.com. Do you rent your home? Go to geico.com. Do you have a car? Go to geico.com. Want to save some money? Go to geico.com. Well, well, listen, uh, Mickey, the storyline to introduce you uh, into the WWE was being Trisha's big, biggest fan. And then you became the stalker. And that, but that really put you on the map. How much of that was you? How much of that was creative or Trish? Tell us how that all came together. Um, I think it was a blend of everybody. It had, it became a blend of everyone working together. Of, of, obviously I pitched this, the character and I had written out when I pitched this character, like 18 weeks of TV for, oh, I was in OVW, you know, it was probably like the 27th storyline idea I pitched for myself to get myself on television. Um, so this one worked. This one, yeah, it was. You know how it's like you're in developmental. You're just throwing stuff against the wall, and you're just praying something sticks, and like they might bite on something, and they would come down every so often and kind of do the evaluations. And it was never my wrestling ability. It was always the story that it seemed like that was kind of holding me back. Um, and it was also in that era of the divas, and I wasn't a diva. I wasn't that. I wasn't the model. I'd been training to be a wrestler for years, so it just um, but I pitched that idea with Amy, with Lita, because I knew Amy, I was, I, I felt comfortable pitch. I'd asked her if I could pitch an idea for her. Um, I didn't know Trish. Uh, so when I pitched it, I originally pitched this character idea based around Lita, but she was a heel at the time, obviously. And, um, I think they saw it around Trish and I'm so grateful for that because I mean, she was the golden girl of, of the company at the time. And to be, and that was probably like my fifth time I was supposed to debut as well. So I finally debuted in this storyline that was even bigger than I could have ever imagined. And they put it right with her. So then immediately I was taken seriously as a number one girl because I'm aligned with the number one girl and the story that they took so long, they, they actually took the time to develop the, the character and the person and the, and the thing that really kind of set the stage for the rest of my career. I think it really did. You said that you had put into what 18 weeks worth of a story with this. Was, was there anything that was left out that maybe we didn't see as fans uh, that didn't get shared as far as that story that you well, had originally probably a built? lot. I mean, I think that they might've used like four bits of it. They used <laughs> the crazy super fan part okay. and the poppy and the kind of the personality. There were a few like elements, but the rest, we all kind of like Jack was not in there. Jack was not in the story pitch. Um, there was a lot. And obviously it, it changed a lot because it was with Trish instead of Lita. Lita you know? right. So uh, it was obvious. I think it was a blend of Trish and I have really great chemistry and we just bounced off each other very well. Like I got to know her. I didn't really know her prior to that storyline, but out of that, like, I feel like I have one of my most kindred friendships in wrestling now because of it, because 
she was just so professional and she helped me in so many ways as far as camera angles, things that I didn't know. But then I also felt like I helped her and the other side of like chain wrestling and other things that she really wasn't her, you know, strengths. And, and we both really shined out of it. And I think creative, because it started to get over, then creative kind of jumped on board and it just, we're, we're able to kind of stretch it out and make a lot more kind of cool moments happen along the way. You defeated Trish at WrestleMania 22 to win the women's title. Can you put into words what that feeling was like? I don't, I don't know the word. I don't, I can never explain that word. And, um, I would say it, if I could have bottled that emotion and just gave it away, like the world would be a happier place. If I could bottle that emotion and sell it, I would, you wouldn't see me again. I would be on a private trillionaire. I would be on a private island and you would have to helicopter in. Um, I'm sure it's similar to that feeling for me. And I know it's not the same, but the only thing that I could relate, Kurt, is like when you won the gold medal, it's like everything that everybody who told you it wasn't possible for you, who didn't believe in you, all the years of hard work of like driving 10 hours for $25 and having to sleep at the rest area and eat a pack of peanuts and a can of tuna because I was, I was broke as a joke. And, uh, just to get to this moment of like, of this moment that at times I didn't even feel possible for me because I started to doubt myself, like all of that to culminate in this one moment to go, like, it was all worth it. All of the sacrifices, all of the lonely nights of like, you know, having to break away from my friends and my circle so I could grow and do more and be more and break out of the cycle. Like all of it was worth it in that one moment. That was the emotion. And I even get chill bumps to this day and I get emotional about it. Just thinking about it because it was a lot, it was a lot to get there. And obviously a ton of crazier stuff has happened since then, but, um, it, there was nothing like it. Like even in any championship I've ever won since then, it, it will never top that feeling, I think, because it was nothing like your first, right? Like, and at WrestleMania, I mean, at, yeah, at the grandest stage of them all, where like, you know, and we were in a match in a singles match as women who they're really, it do, didn't happen at that time. It didn't happen, didn't happen often. Yeah. It didn't happen very often at WrestleMania. And we had the crowd, like the crowd was insane. Like, I just remember losing it at one point in the match and you can see it in my face when I jumped off like the top turnbuckle with Trisha's leg. And then I jumped down and then I do this scream. And that was a real emotion of scream. Like I was supposed to react like, yay, I got her. And it was like everything I had because it was real because the people were just nuts and you just feed off of it as a performer. Right. Like, and it was just like, it was electric. It was electric. Yeah. I can't imagine. Did you feel that women in the WWE after the likes of Trish and Lita, they retired, that they weren't given the proper due like they are today? Um, yes and no, but I, and we say that, but we also created the Molinas and the Beth Phoenixes and those type of characters. I think the biggest difference is, and and this is something that's kind of people have mixed feelings and emotions about is the diva era then came in. And so we had finally gotten to a place where Trish was a household name, where Lita was a household name, and we're taking the power, that kind of element back away from the girls, from the women, 
to be a household name. I was like one of the last kind of in that like little bracket because the girls were those, that was the last of that golden era that was kind of wrapping up. And um, I had both of their last matches on TV and pay-per-view, you know, and they, we were all going to be classified as divas, which meant the merch sales were all divas. So then it was going to be split between the roster. There were, there wasn't really as many like women breaking out to be household names in their own right, because everything was falling under the divas. But it also had this thing of like everything that one girl did then affected us all because we were all in the same bracket as the divas, you know? So cool things came out of it. There was a reality show and the girls did really well on that reality show. And it, it, that captured a different demographic that weren't watching wrestling before. But then I also kind of think that it took the business back because people started looking at them at as more of a niche again, you know, as like a, you know, novelty thing that the girls had worked so hard to kind of break out of that before that Trish and Lita were the main event on raw prior to that, like, and the golden era in the sense. So, but wrestling always does that, doesn't it? It does the roller coaster or the Ferris wheel. And now course, we're in a yeah. place where women's wrestling is main eventing the shows again, including WrestleMania. So, um, you know, I just hope we don't go back down this way again. We can just keep <laughs> staying up here somewhere. <laughs> I don't think so, Mick. I think yeah. you're good. <laughs> Man, I love talking about the good old days here on the program. And unfortunately, well, the good old days for a lot of us also mean the bedroom. Not anymore. Not thanks to Blue Chew. Fall is here and boy, we could all use a stiff breeze. You know the deal. This episode sponsored by Blue Chew. And you know, they say confidence can take you far in life, but maybe more so than ever in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Blue Chew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is angle to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, go to geico.com. Pass it on. Hey, you had a longstanding feud with Lakel, and a lot of it was based around Piggy James. Was there ever something you were booked to do you weren't comfortable with? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love the piggy James angle. I really didn't. I hated it in it. Um, because I felt like it was, you know, even though it was like ribbon on a square, right? Like it was meant to get real heat for, uh, Michelle and, um, Michelle and Layla. And I, I kind of felt like it was cheap heat and it was a different way to go. And so in the moment I was very like, it was torn, but I'm also of the mindset, like, okay, they're going to give me this 
thing that I seen, I felt in my heart at the, at the moment, kind of go, they're going to give me this crappy storyline about calling me fat and all this stuff. And I had kind of several conversations with the girls too. It wasn't like the girls were over the moon about doing the storyline either. I think they were heavy in their hearts about it as well. Um, and I'm just going to try to make it gold and try to get these girls over as monster heels. Cause that's obviously the end result of what we want is the girls need to get over as monster heels. And they weren't at that time, but they were by the end of it, especially with Vicky grow involved and all of the things. Um, and I felt like it did achieve that purpose. I didn't love it in it. However, the amount of women now who have come to me since then that are now where what, 10 years removed from that story and said that that story empowered them or gave them because they felt very bullied and it was the thing it's to do anti-bullying. They felt very bullied or they were very self-conscious about their weight or their body and they had body dysmorphia and all these things that it really empowered them is pretty remarkable. And I never really thought of it that way when I was in it. But now to be removed from it and, and the, the amount of women, if that if you can change one person's life or the perception of themselves, then perhaps it's worth it in the end. So, no, I didn't love it in it. But now looking back on it, I go like it was a pretty powerful part of my career that what that happened. And, and I know it's like a kind of a mixed bag of how people feel about it. But, yeah, you, you mentioned that you know, you didn't love it. Did you feel comfortable enough in those days to have a conversation with somebody or was it the opposite where you felt like, Hey, I got to take one for the team. If this one's the company wants, I don't want to risk my position or what I'm doing with the company to, to have that tough conversation with someone. Um, I don't, so it's all in the delivery, right? Like I, I don't feel that I've ever shied away from something if I was uncomfortable with it, or if mm -hmm. I didn't really love it. I would, I would express that opinion. I'd be like, I, I really don't love this. I don't like it. Is there a way to do something? If there wasn't, or if, it, if the explanation was kind of given to me and I go like, okay, well, and if I didn't, and if I realized there was no bending on it, I mean, the, I mean, that goes to even like when Alexa bliss hat gave me the depends and the, the thing for the old stuff. And I, right. and I was like, I don't feel like this is good heat. I'm the same age. I'm younger than a lot of men on the roster who are world champ. I'm like younger than half the male roster. I've, there's women on the roster who are a little bit older than me and are just under me. Like, I just don't think it's good heat. I think it's cheap heat. And I don't know what purpose it serves if there's going to be no payoff in the end. So I certainly am not one to shy away from expressing my opinions. If anything, I think that that's why some of you know, the people in the office actually respect me in that sense, because I didn't just go along or just agree or whatever the case may be in anything. I at least ex had the courage, you know, to express my opinion and exactly. how I felt about it. Yeah. And speak up and, and, uh, and just be honest in that kind of, and transparent about it, but do it anyway. Like I did a lot of things anyway, whether I loved it or not, because I'm like, oh, if I'm going to do it and this is what I got, because sometimes it's, you, you got to take what you're given. It's your job to make it gold and to do it better than they even, anticipated right so then right yeah there you go you had a uh, a weird exit i guess you'd say and within wwe in 2010 when you were released one day before your last match on smackdown was the air what do you remember of that um it's this is 2010 2010 that's right you know what the weirdest thing that i just remember that day i'll never forget that day because i was i had just the day i got released then i they were getting ready to come to Richmond, Virginia. And I had just finished. I'd gotten up at like four in the morning to do media 
for Richmond to do all the interviews and everything to do the radio tour and the TV station tour. And I did all of that. I did the whole media tour that morning. And I literally as driving back home because I was in the country. I grew up in the country. So I lived in the country and it was 45 minutes. So on the way I go like, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym now because the show was literally that weekend. I'm going to go to the gym now and I'm going to go tan. And I stop in CVS real quick and I went in to go tan. I came back out and I saw a missed call from Nicole and from Johnny or whatever. I was like, oh, this is weird. I go into, I was like, I text, I was like, I try to call back, no answer. So I run into CBS, miss the call again. Say, I'll call him right back. I just run into CBS to get some stuff for the shows, whatever. I come back out and that's where I, I was sitting in the parking lot, getting ready to go to the, over to the gym after doing the media tour. And that's when the, I got let go. And that's why I never forget it because I go, I literally just finished doing the media tour. You oh my God. Me. Media for nothing. <laughs> you could have called me yesterday. I was more hot about that because I, I'm not a morning. If you know me, I'm of course not they wanted you to do media. <laughs> it was Richmond. It's my hometown. And they knew they knew they were going to let you go. And they still let you do that media day. You I know, know that, right? And they took every single Mickey James sign from that show because there was a lot of them and they pulled oh. all the Mickey James signs. That was your hometown, and right? Gotten let go. Yeah. I was, I was pissed. I was really upset. I was more insulted because I go, why didn't you tell me last night? And I wouldn't have gotten up and done the media tour. Right. Like I don't like to get up early in the morning period. I did this because you guys, it, this, I was doing media and that sucked. And I sat in that parking lot for about an hour bawling my eyes out. Because I'd lost my dream that, you know, I'd lost my, my dream job. And I was like, I just, yeah. Well, God know. knows they, they never figured out how to release you the right way, but we'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> to that. I feel like there's no comfortable. Way I mean, yeah, but this is terrible. That story and what we're about to cover soon. Are you kidding me? My goodness. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you would go back to TNA and you're immediately pushed into the mix of the knockouts division. You win the knockouts title on April 17th, 2011, and you become the first woman to hold the WWE women's WWE divas and TNA knockouts title. What does this mean to you at this point in your career? Uh, it was pretty incredible. And this is all thanks to Kurt Angle, right? Because he talked me into coming over there when I was like, I am so sad about wrestling. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I can't believe it. And he, um, so I do appreciate that, Kurt. I really do. I know we talk it's about it. Like, oh, whatever. Job, but it really did change my, because I could have given up at that point. And I was very, very sad. And I was in a dark place about it. And um, I think that had I not come to Impact or come to TNA at the time and been able to create hardcore country, but also to believe in myself again, because there was a whole period of, of doubting myself um, in that. And just to take my power back, it was it was uh, what I needed at that time. And then I was able to do something completely different and away from everything that the WWE audience knew about me, but they then fell in love with this other character that was me and was closer to me, you know? Um, so it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. 
Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Well, the company books you in street fights and cage matches during your run. Do you think TNA took women more seriously than WWE at the time? Oh, absolutely. I say the knockout. I mean, because they were given more opportunities and they were given, uh, you know, longer segments and television. I've always felt like the knockouts have been booked correct. Like they were doing women's wrestling correctly before it even was a hashtag or a trend. They were ahead of their time. They were way ahead of their time. I mean, that's you go back. If you talk to Lisa, Tara, Victoria, she said that was one of the reasons why she wanted to go to impact in the first place when she first left WWE is because of the things that the women were allowed to do over there with Gail and Kong and, you know, even the OG knockouts. And uh, I think back to even when I was at TNA, you know, back, when they were still at the fairgrounds and I was doing the clock, the first woman to ever do the clockwork orange house of fun match against Jeff Jarrett, who beat the dog crap out of me. Like I was a man, (laughs) you know, and all of these things that I was able to do there that were never thought of possible for the women in WWE at that time, except for maybe a one-off way down, like a, a, you know, every now and then. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was able to have a cage match with Tara as the main event of impact, a double segment main event. Um, uh, of TNA at the time, and it might have been the first ever, Mickey. Uh, that may have been. Double. I don't know if it was the first ever main event, but it was certainly was a. I remember I dove off that cage and I was terrified, terrified. I didn't realize how high up it was until <laughs> I actually got up there, and I'm like, whoa. And Kurt does moon salts off the top. Yeah, of yeah. Unbelievable. I do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you flip backwards without freaking out. Period. Hey, I I couldn't see anything. That's why I went backwards. Yeah. It's the, it's like the free, the nesty plunge kind of like free fall. You just got to trust that person. I did trust Lisa. I don't know that I would have done that on anybody, but I did trust Lisa. What are, uh, what are some of the highs and lows as you think about that run that time in, in TNA there? The highs and the lows in the sense of just, a, a, I a, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I feel like, uh, 
And because we can talk about mental health now, I think that a young, very, you know, I was very devastated after being let go from WWE and it took some healing time out of that. And I think I was going through those emotions as I was also cultivating and getting these opportunities as hardcore country, Mickey James. Um, so there was definitely some learning curves. I mean, obviously the money was different, the, but however, the, power was different in the sense of I had more control. I could make my own schedule. I, there were less dates, so I could focus more time on my music, which I was only dabbling and playing in when I was on the road with WWE. Like I wrote a few songs and I cut that first album, but that was really, I thought was more of along the lines of, I just want to do this thing. Cause I've always wanted to do this thing. I didn't think I would have a music career out of it. And I wouldn't have had the time to pursue a music career if I hadn't gone to TNA at the time because they, their schedule was much lighter and you were still getting to tour and travel in all the towns. And I was able to do a lot of those pre-show parties and attach my music to it. So we would do like the post show after the show, we would have a music show and I was able to perform in some of these towns. And um, it was really cool to have that cross promotion and to be able to write my own entrance music and all the things. So it was just like a lot of opportunities that gave me um a lot more options and, and gave me my power back there. And I think it gave me my confidence back because it, you know, because then you're your own boss again and not being told and dictated kind of what to do and where to be and how to be. And, you know, well, what brought you back to the WWE in 2016? Uh, you know, I feel like, um, I was kind of done wrestling. I was trying to, I was thinking about my, like, whether I was going to retire. Um, I'd already had, I'd had Donovan Nick's career, uh, was really like, he was kind of cultivating and really starting to kick off on his career. And I felt like I'd had such an amazing career at that point that maybe it was time for me to just sit back and let him, let him go and let him shine. And then I could raise my son. I'd hadn't been home in a long time and I could start focusing on other things of like, not just being there for him, but also my horses and, you know, other, the music, but also just kind of like maybe a normal life, you know, uh, and what was next. And I had done some tryouts as far as like, you know, I, I toyed with being a coach at NXT. Um, I talked about coming back to impact, but it really wasn't in my heart. Cause I felt like I was I didn't really know, you know, I'd had a weird angle when I left there the last time it was like James storm killed me off and pushed me in front of a train. And there was like this oh, weird gosh. thing, like a lot of weird things was happening there. And I was like, I just stop feeling it. I said, I think I'm just going to retire and just kind of do it up. And then that's when it's just ironic. Cause that's when they called me about coming in for a one-off Hunter called me about coming in for the one-off against Oscar. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been praying for a perfect little button on my WWE career. Cause I felt like I had unfinished business there and I didn't love right. the way that I left. This is the perfect, like little before I retire, the perfect, like little button, the perfect little, little send off. And I wanted to, I was in England. We were actually headed to England when I got the call or like when we kind of started making the plans and stuff. And um, yeah. And I, I just took the opportunity cause I wanted that button. Like I wanted that little bow to kind of go like, okay, this is my send off from WWE. Now I can kind of wrap up the package and it's good and it's fine. And I did, I trained my ass off for that. And I wanted to, cause I knew Oscar was the girl that they were going to be pushing soon to the moon. And they were already pushing her huge. She was undefeated at the time. And I wanted to just deliver for myself because I was coming back from having Donovan and as a wrestler, and I'd only been 
really doing a few independents at that point and signings. Um, and so I wanted them to see me as, you know, Mickey James, the Mickey James that they remembered as much as possible and to give Oscar a hell of a match. And that was my, my ultimate goal. And that's kind of what we did. But then they asked me out of that if I wanted to come back full time. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Um, we had you just ready for that question, huh? Yeah. It's what are you going to say? Ah, uh, no. And the weird thing is, is like, because I had started to plan for retirement mode, we had just up and moved to Florida away from all my family. So I could be, I was going to be more at home with D and Nick was going to be traveling more obviously with NWA and with everything that he was doing, but I would still do signings and appearances here and there, but it was just more kind of and I'd move the horses down there and everything. Oh, wow. And then they call me back and <laughs> you had to move back home. Right. It lasted like a year because Nick had to take over when I was on the road. Cause you know how involved the WWE schedule is. He started having to clean the stalls every day for me. Oh, and stuff like God. that. And he's like, this is not what, this is not what he's I'm shoveling for. shit. Now you're back <laughs> to wrestling. Like, what Hey, so real quick, I was talking to a longtime friend of the show last week, and he told me that he tried to refinance and save with Conrad.com last year, but we weren't able to help him because we weren't licensed in his state yet. Now that was Massachusetts. We are licensed there now. In the meantime, though, he went to one of those big national companies that you've seen on TV. He got an absolutely great rate, but he was explaining to me that, man, he had this big RS bill coming and uh, things were a little tight. He had these credit card balances that had been hanging around for years and he had these two car payments. And I said, wait, 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 what do you owe on your house? And he told me, and I said, what do you think your house is worth? And he said, well, it's a lot more now. And he told me, and I said, dude, I've got just the plan. Just last year, he signed up for a 20 year loan at a great rate. Now we've been able to get him down to 10 years. That's right. 10 years. He's going to own his house free and clear in just 10 years. And I know what you're thinking, man, I can't afford to do that. I would argue you can't afford not to. Here's what I'm talking about. He's got a three-year-old and an eight-year-old in 10 years. His kids are going to be 13 and 18. And if life goes according to plan, what do we hope happens when our kids graduate high school, they go off to college and that's very expensive. The time to think about how you're going to pay for college isn't when your kids are seniors in high school, it's time to get a long-term plan for your finances. And I don't just mean your income, but I mean your debt. Here's what we did. We took a look at what his monthly payments were on both of his car payments and we compared the balances. Then we did the same with the credit cards. And by the way, he told me he felt stuck. He had been making minimum payments for years. He felt like they'd made no headway in at least five years. This credit card debt had just hung around at a crazy high interest rate, but maybe worst of all, now he had this big IRS bill. What was he going to do? He went to save with Conrad.com and how's this for starters? No payments for two months. That's the cash infusion he needed for his family right now. But more importantly than that, he cut nine years off of his loan. He went from 19 years left down to just 10 years and his monthly payments went down. Yes. He got a better interest rate. He got rid of all of his credit card debt and he got rid of his car payments. But most importantly, he's completely debt free by the time his kids start getting really expensive. You know what I'm talking about? If you've got young kids, you probably think, man, these little dudes are expensive. Wait until they start driving cars and going to college. We're going to help you get a solution for your short-term goals, which is to free up some of that cash flow. We're talking a break from payments for two months, but more importantly, lower monthly payments. 
but more importantly, it's going to check your box long term. He cut nine years off of his loan. Now, had he not done that, both of his kids would have been going to college. And dude, nobody wants to pay a mortgage and college tuition for two. Get in front of this. Make a plan with SaveWithConrad.com and do it right now. Interest rates are on the rise. The Fed is going to raise the rates. And who knows what's going to happen with real estate values? Lord knows we've all seen that bubble burst before. Make the best decision you can for your family with my family. SaveWithConrad.com is routinely helping our podcast listeners change their life. I know it sounds silly. It sounds too good to be true, but it's real and we can do it for you. We're probably licensed in your state. We're in over 40 states now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And here's the thing, man. If you give us a call and you've got a great rate and you don't have any other debt and you're already in a 15 year loan, we might say, Hey man, you got a good deal. Just keep doing what you've been doing. But don't you want the peace of mind of knowing you've got the best deal for your family? This is the perfect opportunity. Your house is worth more than ever. Rates are on the rise right now. And if you've got debt, lock it in right now at SaveWithConrad.com. And I want to mention, had he not had this conversation with us last week, he would have been stuck making those minimum payments on those credit cards. And maybe even worse, had to open a new credit card to pay the IRS. Dude, that is a bad decision. You know you can do better than that. Get the best rate you've ever had. Get out of debt faster. Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Well, listen, you said you wanted to put a bow on it. Mickey, you took the bow and you untied that bow. You wrestled Asuka at NXT and, and it segued right into the main roster with you and a few with Alexa Bliss. Your career is completely rejuvenated at this point, right? I know. It's insane. It's insane. It was cool. And it was cool because... Alexa was like, you know, to be aligned with Alexa. Cause I knew that they had big plans for her and she's so fun. And she was, you know, she was really cool. Just, it was fun to work with her. Um, and I feel like she was very open to like just different things for me and, and ideas and just my input. Um, but it was also, I think that she has a whole different audience than, than myself because it's a younger demographic and very like in that cosplay kind of thing, which is not my wheelhouse or realm at all so it was to see our personalities and just like the you know like a old school versus new school kind of team up it was different because they hadn't done it um and it was fun it was fun and and we had a lot of fun and um i just enjoyed like you know it's the locker room for me and it's the boys and the girls there and i, I felt like i was just taking every moment because it was something that i didn't think was going to happen uh as a blessing and just enjoying it for what it was and for however long it lasts, because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I had hoped for, and I, I wish do in hindsight that I would have would pit, pitched more, try to push more for the hardcore country character. Cause it was something that I brought up there that they just never really understood or bit on, but it's almost like a blessing in disguise because had they, had they bid on it, I probably wouldn't have been able to come back and do this thing at the rumble and, and it go down the way it had. So, um, Everything happens for a reason, you know? You're absolutely right, Mickey. You know? Did you know when you first got in the ring with her that Becky Lynch would be the star she is today? You know, yes, and I would say yes and no. You know how some people just have a quality about them that are that is so unique and so different? And I remember when I saw her, when I went down for a guest spot. You mean her um, accent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she was doing the, uh, obviously the last kicker and stuff when I first came up there, but it's, she's just morphed 
to a megastar now. And it's crazy to see. And it's crazy to see a woman in that position, which is awesome. So kudos and hats off to her uh, because it's freaking cool. But I remember seeing her at NXT back when I went down there just for like a, a training camp thing where I was as a guest coach for like two weeks or something. And I was like this, I kind of saw it then. And like this girl really has something, but she was just new there and she was like brown hair and completely different than what she looked like now, but she just has like a certain charisma about her. And there's some, sometimes these like little things like that, like you just can't teach Like people just have it or they don't. And you can kind of see that spark in their eye or that spark in what they do that they were meant for something, you know? And, um, yeah, it's cool though. I think it's what, a um, what a phenomenal kind of thing to be able to do is to be the catalyst of like really looking at, it's one thing when you're Ronda Rousey and I love Ronda, don't get me wrong. It's one thing when you're Ronda Rousey and you're walking in here and you're being leveled up to being the top star because you are a top star in your own right, because you you busted your ass in this other thing. It's another thing to see, especially as a woman to step up and be seen in that top star kind of bracket through the wrestling world, through what we do, you know, because it's a A lot of hard work and she had to earn it. It's a rarity for male or female to level up to that kind of bracket. It's, it's a rarity. So to see her be able to do that and to do it for, you know, the girls, it's pretty freaking cool. And I'm always, I'm always going to support my ladies and lift them up. So, you know, plus she just had a baby and, uh, what in the entire hell? I'm so mad right now. Like, you know, I worked hard. I felt like it took me an entire pregnancy to get back to where I felt halfway decent in a pair of spandex. But I saw her at the in a few months, right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm just I'm irritated about it. I'm irritated at Rhonda about it. I said it's been four months and she came back and she looks incredible, too. And I'm like, I still felt like I looked pregnant. At four months after, so they're a different um, breed, Nick. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, let's talk a little bit about you and Kurt Angle. You were drafted to Raw when Kurt was GM, and he immediately named you the number one contender. Kurt, that was nice of you. Oh, he loves me. He's my girl. <laughs> I tell you what, you're taking care of her, and you took on Bliss for the women's title at TLC. Were you I happy know. to see the WWE take the Divas name off the title? I know that this is, this is a, I think this is a polarizing subject because there's a lot of people like, Oh, they love the divas title. Right. Because it was, but we'll go back to the breakaways. That was my only kind of real negative about the divas era is that I got into the business to be a star and I wanted Mickey James to be a star. And I know it's a selfish business and I know it seems selfish to say, but I didn't necessarily love all the other girls in the locker room. So I really didn't necessarily care if they were stars too, except for when I had to wrestle them because you're only as good as the person that you're in the ring with. Right. So, and they, we all came from different back backgrounds and, and it was also different because we're all fighting for one position at that thing. There's one title, right. Whereas now there's tag team titles and, and two titles for each brand and all these things. Um, So there was a lot, it was a lot more competitive, I think. Um, So I was happy uh, 
to yes, I was happy to have the diva's name because I felt like it came with a stigma to those who didn't understand. Like if you are a first time viewer and you're like, oh, they refer to themselves as diva. Some people liked it. Some people didn't, you know, but it also came with the stigma of like when you think about what the term diva means, it means that you're pretty snooty and stuck up and sure of yourself <laughs> and you're extra and you need extra. everything on your rider. You're extra, right? That's right. But, That's yeah. right. And I you're a handful. Like, yeah. A lot. You're yeah. a lot. And I yeah. felt like that, you know, and then that came the you know perception that we were a lot and that we were drama and that we were all these things. And I was like, I just wanted to be one of the boys and to be looked at as equal as one of the boys. So I felt like it just made it that much harder to be seen as one of the boys because you're seen as now one of the divas and you're a diva. And so, um, but I also recognize the amount of good work the divas thing did and the sense of the younger demographic and the little girls uh, you know, Kurt, you're, you're a girl dad. Like it gave little girls something to look up to and aspire to that was marketable and that, that they could understand and that they were like, I want to be a diva. Like I didn't think about that wrestling brain and even marketing brain until after when I started to, you know, really study business and hone in on that stuff. And I go like, it actually was very marketable. It actually targeted a whole new de- demographic of the girls who are now wrestlers today because they wanted to be a diva, which is weird to me to say, but that's the reality is a lot of girls that are wrestlers and very good wrestlers today fell in love with it when they were during, diva fans. Yeah. Right. Right. So some people love it, some people hate it, but it did do a lot of good. It really did. And and you know. Well, you got the team with Alicia Fox at Evolution to take on Trish and Lita. Foxy. What was the feeling like to be on the very first all women's pay-per-view for WWE? It was incredible. I think the energy that night um, was so special because all the girls were so excited that we were going to have this one night. And I think we all had hoped that it would be the start of something really cool. And like, whether it was an annual event or something that we could do more often, but we all wanted to prove ourselves as, you know, not only worthy, of this one night only kind of thing, but the hopes to prove ourselves that, you know, it would be cool enough to continue to do, you know, and you being one of the better wrestlers. Did you feel a lot of pressure for this pay-per-view? I certainly did. I think that every woman felt a lot of pressure because we had to deliver because we were finally getting a space uh, that we no had asked for. Net. No safety. Yeah. 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 And, um, and we all wanted to deliver and we wanted the pay-per-view to deliver uh, because we wanted to be able to do it again. And the only way we're going to be able to do it again is if this was a massive success. And if every girl went out there and treated it like WrestleMania, and that's what we did. I felt like every single match, like we just went out there and gave it our all. And it was so fun. And I was grateful to not only open the show because, you know, the opening spot is a very, I either want to be first or last, yes. you know, Vince first or last. Told me. The most important spot on the card is the main event. Second most important is the first match of the night. You set the pace for the rest of the show. So, um, yeah, that's what I've always been told to is like first or last. Right. Um, (laughs) I just it was so cool. And to be able to be in there with, you know, Alexa, who who had been on that, you know, since I first came back on the journey with me, but also my friend Foxy, who was my ride or die travel partner and who I adore to pieces but also against Trish and Lita who are so, um, you know, have so much history in my own career 
you know, and who means so much to me on a real personal level, like to be able to share that moment with them, with that whole collectively, it was really, really cool. It was really cool. And the crowd was so hot and um, it was so fun. And we just went out, we just weren't lost in it. You know, how you get lost in those sometimes, sometimes in matches, you just get lost in the emotions and the feelings and the people, especially when they're hella hot like that. And that was one of those times. You forget they're not real. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's not real. <laughs> Wait. Breaking news here on the current angle show. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, let's talk about something that's not so cool. And that's when you tear your ACL in 2019. Did you think, hey, this is this is it? This is could be the beginning of the ending for my career here, my run in WWE. Um, it's was my first real injury, I think. Aside from, I've had some stingers. I mean, I've had I've had some. I've separated my shoulder. You know, I've separated both of them twice, and the other one I separated once and broke it. The collarbone, like, and I've had fallen on my head and stingers and couldn't turn my neck and all the things, but that was the first um, injury that sidelined me to the point of um, I was going to be out for six to nine months. And it was, it's a, and that's a real, especially I think we're so stubborn in wrestling. Uh, All of us, we don't like to accept help. We don't want to lean on people. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to admit that we're vulnerable and that we need other people. And this is even in our own relationships to our, my husband, who, you know, it was hard. It was hard to feel uh, weak and vulnerable. And also uncertainty is not something that I'm very good with. And I felt like, oh, at first I felt like it was already uncertain anyway, because I had just gotten, um, it was the draft. And I wasn't really doing a whole lot on Raw. I just got drafted to SmackDown, never debuted on SmackDown, was just kind of hanging out, waiting for creative to figure something out or whatever it was going to be, hanging out, doing my Instagram lives from catering. And I go to Waco, Texas and wrestle Carmella in a house show in front of, I don't know, a thousand people. And that's where I tear my, in my first house show event of SmackDown, after being drafted, which I hadn't even debuted on television yet, like over there. So it was discouraging. It was like all of this, like, what is happening right now? Like on such a good note of all these good things happening. And then this happens. And it was also in the midst of like a personal stuff happening between my sister being sick and just a lot happening in my life. Um, and I honestly, now looking at it, go like, this was my reset button of like my reevaluation of what I'm going to do and how I value myself and what do I, what do I value most in my life kind of thing. I think it was a necessary thing to happen because I had to sit back at home and I was trying to figure it out and what I was going to do next and talking about moving behind the scenes and being more of a producer role. But I also wanted to end my WWE career in a cool way of to have a button on it because I just didn't want to be this ACL tear be the last thing that I did, you know, and then all of a sudden I just kind of move into a commentator position or whatever. And I hadn't trained or really didn't know commentary. And it's a hard job. Like, uh, so I had to, you know, try to study to try to do that. And I want to, I'm a perfectionist. So I want to be great at whatever I do. I don't want to be mediocre. 
Um, so it was frustrating. It was a lot of things of like just testing the waters and seeing if there was a different way that I could show that I had value forgetting the fact that I'm Mickey James and I'm fine. You know, like you, it's like the, all the things, um, plus the rehab alone of like being injured and then having to do all the, like, I had no idea that an ACL was so important and that the injury and then the rehab coming back was going to be so painful and so long. When they told me six to eight months, I was like, your guys are insane. I'll be back in three months. We'll be fine. <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. And it's mm. like, no, it's still my hamstring because I took the graft from my hamstring. My hamstring still to this day is not as strong as my other one. Like it's still not the same, you know, it just, it's just weird. But I'd never experienced that until that moment. I go, this really sucks. Like you really are floored. I really have this brace on for six months. Like I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. What am I going to do? And yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And bored out of my mind, bored. <laughs> oh, Nick. <laughs> I had to call Johnny. I said, You've got to find something for me to do. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> and that's when they decided to like, have me do commentary. Here's a question from Conrad in Huntsville. He wants to know, how do you save money? Ah, you bundle your policies, both home and auto at Geico.com. Duh. Were, were you, were you at, in Virginia or were you in Florida at this particular? I was in, well, I was in Virginia and Nashville. We were back and forth because my sister was also very sick at the time. Mm. Um, and, but we had sold the house in Virginia and we were looking at properties in Nashville. So we had a townhouse in Franklin outside of Nashville and Franklin while we were house so hunting. You didn't have the horses at this time. No, I was boarding them still in Virginia, but I was also because my, you know, I would travel back and forth so I could help take care of my sister. And then, so I was traveling from the road to Virginia, back to the road to Nashville, back to the road to Virginia. ACL injury. For about what a pain in the ass. Wow. Yeah. Was, was, was Nick still shoveling shit while you had the knee brace on? No. <laughs> No, no, she boarded the horse. That's right. I That's did. Right. When we moved back to Virginia and I was on the road full time, you know, it was like, you know, as we do, we had to make some adjustments and we had to compromise on a few things. So the horses were no longer on the property with us and they went to a boarding stable where someone else was cleaning the stalls. Well, that's good. Now they're it. back on the property with us. Now that we're in Virginia, we bought a new house and I love it so much. Um, so you're thanks pretty to happy. and his team. <laughs> But we we have the horses on the property, and he does go down and clean the stalls every now and then oh, when I am on the that's road. That's a good but man. I, he's, he is what a good, a good guy. That's good. Yeah. It was just when it became like all the time, and he's like, I didn't sign up for this. This is not my thing. I like the horses, but I like to pet them and feed them carrots. I don't want to clean up poop. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you competed in Elimination Chambers, Royal Rumbles, and even was part of the Legends Night in 2021 on Raw. What was the highlight of that run? Um, I think now looking back at it, I think the biggest highlight of the entire run was um, realizing what a difference I made to the girls in the locker room. And like when a Sasha or Bailey would ask me my opinion or appreciate my opinion and say how much it meant to have me in the locker room with them um, and how they wanted to wrestle me. And it's like, I don't think, I thought that sometimes they were joking or you know, it's hard to take a compliment. I'm not very good at it. So, um, I think that was because you don't really, you always want to feel like what you've done uh, is of service and of value and that it was appreciated. And we're not always made to feel that way. 
Um, sorry, I'm getting emotional. So stupid. No, really. you, des- you deserve it. It's um, But when they would come to me and, and say these things, and it would really touch my heart because it does mean they're the future of the business and they're setting the standard of the females to follow them and, and males to follow them of, of people who idolize them. And so for them to respect me and hold me in that high regard and to realize that and, and to be in the locker room with them, that it was special to them, it really humbled me in a lot of ways. And so a lot of times, like, even though I was not perhaps booked in the most best of ways, I loved being there because I loved the fact that they looked at me in that capacity, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm going to just chime in here. So I've been able to work with Rebel and Serena Deeb lately, and we've talked about the, the Royal Yes. And we've talked about the Royal Rumble and you know, both of them said the highlight for the Royal Rumble was the women's match and was watching you and you come oh. out and Serena D put you on her Mount Rushmore later on in the conversation when they asked about women's wrestling. She so deserves you're, on the Mount your Rushmore. impact is greater than, you know, and Thank you're you. talked about in circles from other women's wrestlers when we have these zoom events and things like that. And, uh, so I just, I don't even think you fully comprehend the impact that you've had on women's wrestling. I just wanted to share that with you as you were, as you were talking about that. Well, thank them both for me. I mean, I love rebel. She's amazing. I I love her so much. She's so sweet. She's always been so supportive. Um, and Deeb goes all the way back to OBW because I remember when she first moved there from Virginia. So that's kind of why I fell in love with Deeb from the get start is because she's a fellow Virginia girl and it kind of took her underneath my wing. Um, and also gave her my, uh, ID when I left the state of, uh, Kentucky of Louisville so she could use it as a fake ID. And I think she actually used it for a fake ID. I love this up until, maybe like a month before her 21st birthday. Sorry. Why Sorry. You just outed her right here on the Kurt Angle show. There I you apologize. Go. Yeah. Well, you could go back and ask her. Yeah. She had my ID for a long time and I was on the road and I, I forget who finally took, it was like a week or so. It wasn't very much until her 21st birthday when they realized they look at the name and they look at her and they look at the name and they look, they're like, this is not you. And she's like, mm. <laughs> That's but great. she used that ID for a whole time for a long time. But I remember when she first moved down there and she trained to be a wrestler. She up and moved to Louisville to go to OVW to start training classes in the in the beginner class. And um I've just watched her grow and all her whole journey since then. And it's pretty incredible. She's got her own story and uh I love her and I have nothing but love and respect for her. And I sincerely believe she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I really do. She, she's, she's kicking ass now, but they, they love you and respect you. So I just wanted to share that. Now, listen, we're getting into it now. You're released in April and make headlines when you tweet about your belongings being mailed back to you in a trash bag. We've all come to know it as trash bag gate. This led to some house cleaning in the WWE talent relations department. Did you think that was going to be the result when you tweeted about it? I did not. Of course I did not. I mean, I, if you know me, you know, I have one, I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. I was annoyed as I'm walking out the door. I was also, it was a very crazy day in a nutshell. And I was in the middle of 10,000 things and walking out the door to my photo shoot for the grown ass woman single cover that at Chapel Heart, I was going to meet them so we could go shoot the cover. And I saw that one of the boxes arrived. I actually got two boxes. Um, 
and I saw one of them arrived and I know what's in my drawer. So I know it's jackets. It's all my things. And I'm like, Oh, it's all TV wear. And so I'm thinking like, Oh, I wonder what's in this box. I can take it as extra stuff to shoot with, like whether it's a cool jacket or something. And then I open it and that's what I see. And I'm like, of course, of course. And so I take a picture and then I'm too, too annoyed to even open the bag at that point to look through it, to see what's in there. Cause I'm just like, I can't, I got to go. Cause I didn't want to get, I had, I'd have, you have to be in a headspace for photo shoots for the most part. And I didn't want to be in a bad one. And so I just kind of was like, screw it. And then I left and I drove down to Nashville and then we ended up shooting and starting the shoot and doing all the things. And then halfway through the photo shoot, like we take a break and like a makeup touch up and a wardrobe change. And I realized that my phone has blown up and um, it's blown up from people's text messaging to calls from Johnny and Hunter and Stephanie called me and um, Vince had called me and I only called Vince back. I think I text Stephanie back and I text Johnny back and said, I'm in the middle. Like I'm, Cause I'd paid for the session, right? Like, it's like, you're paying for your, so I'm like, I'm in the middle of this. So I called Vince back in that break, which I needed. And it was great to have that conversation with him because it was stuff I think that I needed to hear and I needed to say, and, uh, you know, he apologized to me then. And he kind of had let me know, but I had no idea that it was going to get the press or the, the, the steam that it did, because I think that we don't, we're so used to being offended in wrestling with the amount like things that we've done and gone and done through. And I mean, to me, I'm like, I've done an angle as piggy James, people have kissed ass on television. Like this is not the most offensive thing that's ever happened to me in wrestling is getting my stuff in a trash bag. Like, yeah, I was annoyed about it. Yes. You don't even realize how offensive it was until you step back and you go like, actually, if it was any other company or corporation or anything like that, it would be a big freaking deal. And it did, did become, it was a big deal. And, it will never happen again to anyone in any company. Um, I don't think that anyone should be allowed to be made to feel like a zero or, a, you know, in, in any capacity. And I think that it does, especially when we start to talk about mental health and that's such an open conversation now that you think about, not only does it, is it the message that it sends um, to the talent, but if you're already in a low place, like 2010, Mickey, when I got my stuff in a garbage bag, it was the knife in the gut. Like it was the salt in the wound to something that was already very devastating. And it took a while for me to go like, okay, I'm not trash. Or they, I thought, Oh, they think I'm trash. Oh, this is devastating. I would have never posted it then this Mickey James in 2022 or 2021, I guess, doesn't care as much. You know what I mean? About what everybody else thinks. And I did it more to pop myself and more to throw shade and to kind of be like sarcastic and be like, a sideways kind of, you know, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it did way more, but I am great. I don't regret doing it because I know that nobody will be ever made to feel like 2020 right. James. Never again. Right. Change, changing the culture. That's right. It was devastating. And, and I don't want anybody, especially now. And it's, it's a very sensitive time. And um, I just don't want people to feel like that because when you lose your dream, it's already hard enough. And it's not, it does, they don't need the the salt in the wound of being made to feel like they're garbage on the way out the door. It's not okay. It's not okay. And so I think for the company to stand up and recognize that it sucked to have, you know, Mark Carano, who I considered my friend, you know, like in talent relations. And, and I've known Mark for a long time. It, it sucked that he was the one 
you know, and he got released on it. And I felt kind of felt weird about that. But at the end of the day, he was the one, he was the one who did it. And he, and I wasn't the only one. And it had it happened for at least 10 years that I know of. And it only happened to the female talent because the female talent typically is the ones with the drawers because we have to have more options than the guys to wear for TV. And um, yeah, it's wild. It was wild, but it's also, it was a blessing, but then coming out of that, then to be able to, that, I think that's another thing why the rumble was so special too, because at least for me, because sure. I think that a lot of people that overshadowed that trash bag moment really overshadowed, not in a, not in my eyes, but I felt like more people remembered that than they did that started talking about the WrestleMania match or retiring Lita at survivor series or the first ever falls count anywhere match with um, Melina or the fact that I beat, uh, you know, Beth Phoenix for the first and the first time the women's championship had ever changed hands overseas. And when she was undefeated, like the trash bag became bigger than all of those things. And that I felt like wasn't fair to myself, to my career but more importantly to the women who I had had all of these moments with, you know, and it just, yeah. So I was, I just, it was in a, we, it was a weird place. Right. So as soon as I got an opportunity to be able to change that, it was like, yes, yes. Hey, did you go to Geico yet? Get a quick quote. See how much you can save for free at Geico.com. Well, you've been a major part of NWA and impact since you left the WWE. How big a deal was that to your career's legacy? Um, it was a big deal. I think it was huge. Uh, I I have to say I'm so grateful for Billy because I think that empower, like especially after leaving and and realizing I was kind of in a juxtapose of like what I was going to do within WWE, and and I really had, had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about doing an all women's brand or trying to do Evolution Two or something, or like maybe a show that's kind of inspired out of it or something just more. Um, in line with the women and kind of uh, wasn't nobody really got it and they just didn't, you know, bite on it. And so since that was like the, the most of my conversations and it was like, I didn't want to come out and just kind of come back and start wrestling on the Indies again or do any of that. And I was like, I really want to put a lot of my, I want to put all my focus on women's wrestling and how, what I can do to elevate that. And so Billy, Billy gave me the platform with NWA and gave me the control and gave me the power and said, here, do it, do it with me and do it here. And, um, I think that that alone, the faith that he put in me gave me the faith back in myself. And I put everything into making that pay-per-view a success. And I didn't care. I didn't want to talk about to anyone about wrestling. I wasn't trying to wrestle until, I made this a success and then I could talk about wrestling. Like then I would think about it. And so all of my energy and all of everything went into that. And uh, it was massively successful, whether monetarily or not, it was massively successful in the sense of like breaking down that barrier. And as well as like that women's wrestling could draw, would draw and deserve to be at the top of the marquee and could hold its own in its own kind of right in, in a, larger corporation kind of capacity other than WWE's version of it, a, a, you know, evolution, which was incredible itself. Um, but yeah, I think in that and building off of the relationships that I already had and being able to work with impact because impact, let me do weeks of television to build up to it, which was really cool. 
you know, I couldn't have asked for, you know, much more than that from them, but to be able to build to that match. And I think in those conversations, it's like, well, okay, so they're doing a lot for me to make empower successful. So I want to do what I can to kind of give that back and the opportunity to come back and be a hardcore country again for one last run or whatever that is. Um, and then in my wrestling career, since I've really hadn't wrestled since my ACL injury, uh, the way that I want to, if, if that's, if this is the end, which is not the end, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that, but you never know. Did you forget yet? Come on. Geico.com. Well, that's what you've done. You have really elevated and drawn attention to women's wrestling, whether it was empower in the pay-per-view what you're doing with impact, but I need you to walk us through your experience and your appearance at Royal rumble. Are you contacted by WWE? Does WWE go through impact? It's, it's a fascinating story. Can you share it with us? It is. It's pretty fascinating. And it's pretty incredible that we were able to pull it off and put it all together. And, and, um, Johnny reached out to Scott Demore first for a company to company standpoint, to see if it was going to be okay, if this was something that they were interested in having, you know, some of their, their talent on the WWE rumble. And I think Scott, then obviously he's like, well, that's not really, I mean, yes, it's okay. I'm open to it, but ultimately it's not my decision. And, um, you know, so when he approached me with it, like I said, like I was, I wanted anything I'd prayed for something to be able to kind of like take back over whatever it was to end my career there as a, on a positive note and, and a positive thing to remember me by. And, um, so as soon as he called me, he's like, Hey, do you have any interest in this? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I do. Actually, I really do. And I said, I, I, I want, but what I really want is to be able to present hardcore country to the WWE audience because they've never seen her. And I know I've known the whole time. I really wish I would have been able to do her there. They didn't understand. I want to present hardcore country to the WWE audience because I know that they will love her and it'll be so over. And obviously I was the knockouts champion at the time. So, and, and I still am. And so I was like, and Scott's like, well, if we get the belt on there, that would be really cool. I go, hell yeah, that would be cool. I was like, and then we started looking and go like, when's the last time the belt's been represented? And I'm like, yeah, let's, I'm the champion. First off, I'm hardcore country and I need to be who I am right now in relation and not Mickey James, the legend, WWE legend with my obsession music and the bell bottoms, but who I am right now, that's relevant to television right now. And I'm the champion. And when's the last time this is done? We talk about doors and ceilings and windows and all the things like this could be monumental. It not only does it do really great business for myself, but it does great business for impact wrestling and it does great business for WWE. And now it opens up the eyes to fans who all thought that this was going to be impossible to ever have dream matches of their favorite WWE superstars against some of their favorite superstars of other organizations. They go like, oh, actually, this could happen. Like we were just fantasy booking before, but this could potentially really happen. Um, And that was that was really cool. And I think I couldn't have done it like without, you know, obviously my relationship with Johnny and my relationship with Scott and the fact that they clearly they, they trusted me enough to know that I was going to uh, hopefully represent it the right way. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of excitement, but also, as you know, I was like very anxious and nervous because a million things could go the other way. So I didn't, I couldn't celebrate until after it was over. Now that it's done with and I'm through it, I feel like I can celebrate, but the whole time 
leading up to it until my music actually hit and I'm walking out there with the belt around my waist. I'm thinking about, okay, I'm just going to keep it positive, but you know, what if they play the wrong music or what if they say, Oh, you can't go out with the belt. Now we changed our mind or whatever. But I will say it took a lot to get to that agreement to go like, this is what I want in order to make it happen. Like this is what I would really like in a perfect world. And I was expecting to get no's on a couple of them. And Johnny said, okay, well, let me go talk to Vince. And he did. And Vince approved everything. And he mm. came back and was like, Vince is excited to see you. Can't wait. That's it's awesome. going to be amazing. And I'm like, holy shit, what is happening? This is wrestling right now. I can't believe, like, I was in shock. And I think I was still in shock up until as it was happening. And I'm like, this is really happening. I was so fired up when I went out there because I could like, I'm like, yes, it's really happening. Some have said that was the closure for trash bag gate do you believe that in your mind too as a hey we did you wrong when you left this is this is our way i'm sure that there is an element to that and i feel like you know it was a way to put respect back on my name because they felt like you know that perhaps they had disrespected it and there hasn't been a conversation with anybody internally where they haven't apologized for that moment and i know i don't ever i never once felt like it was uh deliberate attack against me of like, Oh, we think you're garbage. I don't, I think it was just a thoughtless act. It was just, that's just it. It But they wanted to make up for it a little bit. Right. And, and you know what, if it was that, then thank you. I'm fine with it because I felt like I needed that, you know, like I wanted that. I wanted that for me. I wanted that for my career and I wanted that for my, my fellow females that I'd had all this awesome things with, you know, and yeah. Well, your music career has been a major part of your life for over 10 years now. Having Hardcore Cowboy play at the Royal Rumble had to be a thrill. And I want to tell you, these fans knew it was you. I know. So they popped right away. So these WWE fans, they obviously watch Impact Wrestling too, am I right? They do, yeah. I think it was a lot of shock value on a lot of levels because as many people who were excited that I was going to be in the Rumble – there were just as many, if not more people on the other side of it going, there's no way that she, there, she's going to be hardcore country. There's no way they're going to let her, they're going to talk about impact wrestling. There's no way they're going to refer to her as the knockouts champion. There's hell no. Are they ever going to let her walk out there with the knockouts world champion? You guys are smoking crack. If you actually think that that's <laughs> ever going to happen, right? Like there was yeah. so much, I was like, wow. Hey, like, wow, really? And not them knowing that we had already, and I never once said ahead of time, like, yes, I am absolutely coming out there to my music and with the championship because I didn't want to look like a liar had something happen ahead of time where a, a thought or a mind had been changed. So I always said that I intend to, like my intention is to walk out there as the champion. My intention is to walk out there as hardcore country, but I never said, I'm actually, you know, 1000% doing it because I didn't, you know, what if, what if something went wrong? Never know. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And, and it all happened and it all happened. And I knew in my heart. So as people were saying these things, I'm like, well, I've actually got, I know in my heart that Vince has agreed to all of this. So the only way it's not happening is if he changes his mind. Right. Like that's the only way it's not happening. And so my whole thing was like, please don't let him change his mind (laughs) like between now and then, because, but I never was like, Hey, screw you guys or anything. Because I just was waiting 
And so there was layers to the reaction because I feel like people heard the music and they're like, oh crap, they use the music. Holy crap, this is cool. <laughs> and then I'll do the jacket and then they're like, holy crap, she's got the belt. And then at the end of like where, because not, it was huge. You know, there's like 40,000, whatever people there. And then, so then not a lot of people could see. So then when I got to the end and held up the belt, the people who didn't see me wearing it down the ramp, cause then see me holding up the belt. And so then there was another reaction like, Oh my God, this is happening, you know? So it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, impact was on the graphic with your name. I mean, it it was all, they did it the right way. They just say impact women's champion. It's world, but that's okay. I'll take it. That's okay. That's right. Beggars can't be choosers. That was good. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. That's That's right. So you're going hard with impact wrestling. You're doing your thing with the NWA. You're crushing it with gall TV. Talk to us about what else you have going on. Cause I know you got stuff going on with legacy supplements and and I I mentioned gall TV. Tell us and our listeners about some of the things that you have going on in your life right Uh, now. Well, gall TV, we started in the middle of the pandemic with SoCal Val and Lisa Murray, who I talked about early, but um, it's so fun. It's just wine conversations with wine, not always wine because not everybody drinks, but usually just like locker room conversations of what the girls locker room kind of conversates about. So it's so fun because we can cover wrestling and non-wrestling. We've had an array of guests on. Um, we're actually filming with one of our best, biggest guests uh, yet tomorrow. So I'm very excited. That's a surprise. It's a surprise. Um, but yeah, Nick, Nick and I started Legacy Sups in the middle of the pandemic too, which obviously if you Nick is a, uh, obsessed. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's obsessed with health, Fitness, and bodybuilding health. Yes. On it's uh, like, he wrote a book about it. Like he really is like, I, he keeps me up on stuff. Right. So he, we originally started the, the men's line at the beginning of 2021. And then after I got let go, we, we opened up the women's line, the her legacy subs and, now we have a CBD line and we have a wellness line with like greens and reds and all this stuff. So it's just grown so much. Like it's crazy to think um, since the pandemic started, but like it's doing really, really well. So we're very proud of that. Um, and I've been working on a new album, which I have, you know, been writing the whole time during the pandemic and, you know, we'll one day decide which songs are actually going to go on it if I'm you know, ever satisfied, but yeah. So I've been working on that and just life. And I'm just trying to be the best mom possible at this point and really give Donovan, you know, someone to be proud of. Mm. I think you're a great mom, Mickey. Thanks, Kurt. You're a great woman. Great. You're a good dad. And you're, you're a great the best, man. Mickey. <laughs> what I really legacy. mean. I, no, I love you so much. It, I you, know Kurt has always been so kind to me. And so like, even in the moments of like, when I doubt it myself and and I'll say this and, and I'm so grateful for you because I really believe that had you not called me on the phone to say, Dixie really wants you to come to TNA, like, please just consider it. I'm telling you, I'm having a great time over here. You're going to be able to make your own schedule and you're just going to love it. Like you it's great friends here. It's a great locker room. Just trust me. And and you called me more than once. And I don't think had you not called me and talked to me and just like really had that conversation of in that where you said the same thing of like, I don't think that you realize like the impact that you've had and you and you really are one of the best female wrestlers out there, which is something that I always wanted to be like it was be looked at by someone like yourself who who I um, admire and respect so much as an equal as as one of the best out there. Um, It really meant a lot to me. 
and it really changed because I was willing to walk away at that point. And I think about how different my career would have been because I probably would have, because wrestling and people are crazy. I would have walked away for like two years and then I would have kicked myself and gone like, why did I do this? And then I would have been like a starting all over again and trying to do the Indies or something just to, you know, relive my wrestling glory days. And I just, I owe a lot to you. I really do. Oh, Mick, I always here. thought you were the female version of Kurt Angle. You know that, right? You remember I told you that. <laughs> that's big. That's big praise. That's massive. That's, that's awesome. Massive. Hey, y'all, did you go to geico.com yet? What's the hold up? You got a house? You got a car? You need to bundle them. You need to save. It's geico.com. We're going to have to one day hit that double ankle lock. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. We yeah. have to do it. Uh, who, who would be uh, a dream match? Roman Reigns and who would be the woman? Oh, gosh. Sasha or Becky or Charlotte. Yes. Um, well, we'll get, we'll get everybody in there. We'll, we'll just ankle Angle lock Becky everybody. Versus Roman I know Charlotte. it's so hard. I always say Charlotte, but Becky is so huge now. And Sasha, obviously, or Bailey. You can't I'll go wrong. Lock, I'll <laughs> ankle lock. Like, Bailey's coming back from an ACL injury too. So there's the heat. I'll ankle lock. Re-injure her ACL, huh? <laughs> that no, is awesome. <laughs> hey, Mickey, I want to thank you for coming on the Kurt Angle Show. I really do appreciate it, and I wish you continued success in the future. I love you, honey. I love you so much. Thank you, Kurt. I thank you, Mickey. Appreciate it. Right. Take care, hon. Love you. All right. You're good to go. Thank you so much. Kurt, wow, what a guest. Mickey James, another fantastic guest here on the Kurt Angle Show. He was a great guest, too. Yeah. Very, very insightful. I mean, she really, she has her stuff together, huh? Well, that, and she's just very, you know, she was very talkative and she, again, another guest, Kurt, that just thinks a lot of you. And I never knew that story about how you convinced her. And it's something to hear her talk and say, Hey, if you hadn't called me, Kurt, if you hadn't picked up that phone and encouraged me at a time when I was down, when I was not feeling it, who knows how her career and we just talked to her about being in the rumble, dude. So that's big impact, man. You know, it was crazy because Dixie Carter said, do you know, Mickey James? And I said, yes, I know her very well. She said, I'd really love to get her on my roster. She just got released. So I said, I'll call her right now, boss. And I called Ooh. her and that was the beginning of it. And it was awesome. I mean, Mickey came in and she made a huge impact and impact wrestling and her, she continued her career and did incredibly well. Well, she was a fantastic guest, Kurt. Thank you so much for reaching out and getting her scheduled for us. Uh, this is what you can come to expect this year on the Kurt Angle Show. We had Miro, we have Mickey, and we're not done. We're just getting started. We have some fantastic guests scheduled for March, and I'm really excited about it. But, Kurt, uh, we're going a little long today. It's been fun, but let's get into some of the stuff that we like to talk about right. at the end. And I know you love to talk about physicallyfit.com. Look at you. You're shredded, and there's a reason why. <laughs> Physically Fit Nutrition. These are chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites. There are 11 different flavors. They're all incredible. Sour cream and onion, sweet barbecue. These are just a couple of them. You go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. If you use the promo code ANGLEPOD20, you get 20% off your first order. Or if you go on the website and you become a member for life, you get 20% off forever. Man, that's awesome. They are great. I've ordered them. And uh, I, I, man, I tell you what, they're great snacks. They have the flavor. They got pizza, sour cream and onion, buffalo wing, you name it. There's not a flavor, a cinnamon swirl. So if you'll have that sweet tooth, you have the cinnamon. And they've too. all, they've all, you know, all the, the ratings so far have been all four and a half, five stars. Ah, can't be every flavor. Yeah. 
AnglePod for 20% off. And then Kurt, Kurt Angle Brand is also where they can find you and get some fun swag there as well, right? Very affordable too. Nothing's expensive. Everything is set for a certain price so everybody can afford it. I got photographs, I have milk cartons, I have birthday cards, uh, cowboy hats, T-shirts, vi cameo video messages, you name it. Go to KurtAnglebrand.com to order yours. Finally, Kurt, wildcatbelts.com. I had someone reach out to me directly, Kurt, and I put him in touch with Wildcat asking about that belt. They want to be in the group, one of the five. You're one of the five, I'm one of the five, and they want to be part of the group for that belt that you hold in your hands right there. It's an amazing Kurt Angle American Hero Championship belt. They are limited, only five made so make sure you get yours and uh, you can see pictures of it on Wildcats, Facebook and Instagram. Follow the Kurt Angle show at the Angle pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Kurt, the Olympic gold medalist hero himself <laughs> on Twitter at real Kurt Angle or on Instagram at the real Kurt Angle. Kurt, man, this has been another fun show. And I can't forget wives of wrestling. They will kill us if we don't talk about that. Right. My wife and Kim Orton are doing an incredible job with the Wives of Wrestling podcast. They just released their first episode last week. I believe their second episode was just released this week. That's right. It's out. And I think she's in the room looking at you right now saying, you better talk about my show, Kurt. <laughs> hey, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this has been another fun episode. We hope you enjoy it. We'll be back again next week for another fun show. But with that, we're going to wrap it up. He's Kurt Angle, your Olympic gold medalist. I'm Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right here again next week on the Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.